welcome to the Build Value by Choice uh, podcast. My name is Nana Bonsu, your host. And today we have a guest, Chuck Andrews, who is a renowned author, business coach, and also a president of one of the CEO peer groups of the famed Vistage Group. Today's topic is around the book, Necessary Endings, which is authored by Dr. Henry Cloud. I came to know about this book during one of our mastermind sessions with Chuck. He's the one that recommended it. I've read the book. I haven't gotten to, I've gotten through about 80% of it. And that book is so good. I wanted it to share with other business owners and entrepreneurs. And I couldn't think of any other person to share the lessons from this book and how it will help motivate you, the business owner, to get going. So uh, again, thanks, Chuck, for uh, Chuck, his background, he's a business broker, he's been a, he's been a coach, he's been an advisor for many, many years. Um, today's podcast is sponsored by his website, www.cu15.com, and also our website, www.infhorizons.com. So let's get into it. Welcome, Chuck. How are you? Great. How are you today? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. So I wanted to get started with this by maybe perhaps you can share with our audience a little bit about your background and how you came to find out about this book and some of the lessons, high-level lessons that you've gotten uh, from it and why you were so passionate about this book and recommend it highly for other business owners and even coaches. So in preparing for our discussion today, I look back on my career and yours, by the way, um, to see uh, how many endings we've had. Um, and in my case, after 56 years of being in the workforce, I've had a, a good number of endings. Um, and I, it would have been nice to have had this book 56 years ago. <laughs> it's true of most of the things we learn in life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the reason I'm passionate about it more than anything else, I think, is that for the last seven years, I've really done intensive coaching um, where I'm working with people that are with me for the purpose of getting better. Uh, and yet, frequently, I have found people, CEOs, business owners that um, have a difficult time pulling the trigger on people that are not performing. And as the saying goes, setting them free. Um, and the, the reasons are varied, um, as is illustrated in the book. If you break it down in three kinds of people, um, wise, foolish, and evil, um, most of the challenges have to do with foolish people. Wise people tend to learn. So wise employees when, will take instructions, will have their own agenda, will not be dependent upon someone telling them what to do. Uh, the evil people in the world that you run into are really kind of far and few between what has been my experience. That's not to discount the fact that there are those that are so self-centered that they can pretty closely fall into the evil category and there's not much you can do with them. But there are also, um, I, it's been my experience, um, more likely to be uh, able to be moved off or pruned as they say in uh, and necessary endings. And I, I think um, looking at just the overall picture of, of uh, how we deal with relationships, 
um, and how we work with people to get a sense about the seasons of life um, is really critical. I, I think having that conversation that says our lives have chapters to them, what chapter are you in and how do you vision the next chapter? I think is one of the starting points I, I, I broach with most folks. Um, so I, like I said, I've been, uh, I've been using many of the things and I'm sure Bon Nano, you have as well in assessing, um, is it time to move on? Have I given this everything I, 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 I can give? Um, and am I, am I, am I, am I, uh, treating myself as my manager would, um, for the last, oh gosh, in my career, I've had periods of working for myself and being versus being employed by corporations. Um, and I'm, I'm about, I guess, I'm about 50-50 on, uh, over the 56 years. Um, in reality, though, even when I was working for someone else, I still had my own agenda. I still felt like I was in control of my life. Um, and when I felt like that was going away, I recognized it was time for an ending. Um, I have probably in 56 years um, only been fired once. And that was because I just didn't accept reality early enough. <laughs> right. Right, right. Um, That's so true. So, yeah, life does give us our lessons. Yeah, definitely. And it, I know it's, it's, you mentioned that, you know, people, but it, it can also happen to products, right? Because sometimes in, when I'm coaching other business owners and it comes time to prune some of the products, because right? one of the things that uh, we do is, you know, this thing called value building. And it has to do with, hey, not all revenues are the same. And so the foundation of getting to where you start to increase the value in your business is cutting down, finding out the set of products and services, yeah. which, which are either teacher, which are teachable, valuable, that differentiates you in the marketplace. And also, most importantly, um, you know, have repeatable customers who buy. Yeah. And a lot of times you get into situations where, well, you go through the exercises that, well, yeah, this thing is not teachable or this thing doesn't fit this criteria, but right now we're making a lot of money out of it. And so they kind of stall, right? Yeah. Um, and so this is, this is a way to you know, ask yourself, setting, you, your business owner, setting questions about, hey, um, are you delaying this because you were afraid or you don't have the skill to do it or just, you know, you, you just deferring it. And, 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 you know, three or five years from now, that same issue is going to linger around. Yeah. You bring up some real good points. I think if you look at the eight, eight value drivers that uh, value builder systems uh, kind of get guide our, our clients into, um, the, uh, the question of necessary endings for each of those is a really valid way to approach it. Um, what, what, um, what have you been doing just because you've been doing it for so long right. relative to both products, people, and just um, how you look at your business. Um, I think, and, and I'm in the same category as you are in terms of 
having applied the value builder system. I've only been at that for a year now. Um, and I, I think that um, I'm still seeing the same issues of holding on to ideas, holding on to people um, and not recognizing um, the seasons of life for everything. Um, and, and I, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to uh, move forward with clients to get them to uh, a place where they kind of come to their own conclusions about when things need to end. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, one of the things that I've come to realize is a lot of times they get, sometimes they get really excited, like, oh, my God, this thing has got me thinking. Yeah. Um, and uh, this tells me that this business line that we're in uh, may not be the right one or not. But, yeah, they just lead themselves to the, you know, the, the right conclusion. All we can do is just help them answer yeah. the right questions. The other thing he talks about in the book is ending well. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, you know, in, in my day, they used to call them, don't burn bridges. <laughs> right. So uh, when you have people that um, uh, are being, well, uh, let's just categorize it, say a business leader that says, I, I've got someone that I need to uh, prune. I need to move, have them move on. How they do it is as important as anything else. Uh, are they doing it in a way that helps that person move on to the next thing in a better state of mind? Are they doing it in a way that helps that person um, become a reference for their business? Uh, or are they letting their emotions get carried away with the process? Um, and, and that's also true, I think, around products and cust- their own customers. Are they keeping customers that they should have gotten loose a long time ago? Or they're either not profitable uh, I guess you could probably put the customers, your, your business's customers in those three categories too. Wise customers, right. foolish customers, and evil customers. Um, yeah. and, and, and examine them from that perspective. Um, and how much time do foolish and evil customers take up and how little profit is there in that, in that process? Yeah, I mean, we, and I guess in that same vein, we can put suppliers, right? Because you know, there's distant cost system and structure and it talks about employees, customers, and suppliers. So maybe suppliers can also be, you know, thrown into the mix as far as this categorization. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you mentioned pruning a couple of times, and I wanted to, if you know, if you know, if you could uh, define a little bit about how the author uses this concept of uh, pruning and and this other thing about rose and you know, pruning a rose bush. So what is pruning and what is, how does he classify what a rose is and, and this whole yeah, thing is at the end yeah. of the process? Yeah. Well, um, that's, a, that's, that's a good topic. I think that um, recognizing when, um, I, I, th- I guess you, you could almost look at it as regarding the customer concentration issue where you have too much of your business in one customer. Uh, and in and in uh, growing flowers, you have you have such you, you just you have so much uh, growth that new growth is not allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's so true with customer concentration as well, where you're so focused on that customer that you don't put the energy into finding new customers. And so you need to prune back um, the the 
energy it takes for that one customer to allow for new, new growth to happen. Um, and, and that, I think, gets into another category that leadership uh, needs to be, be aware of and really acknowledge, and that is their own courage to make those moves. Um, it's difficult when, and, I, and I've had, I've had custom clients that have gone bankrupt over having so much co customer concentration that when it went south with that one customer, they had no way to stay alive. So it's critical to, um, I guess, first of all, it's just critical to be in touch with reality. I mean, too often you can walk into a client and say, you know, you've got 70% of your business focused on one customer and they, they just don't accept the reality that that's not a, that's not a good thing. Um, and we, we do it in our personal lives as well. Just not, you know, just hoping. And he, in the book, um, Dr. Cloud talks about getting to the great state of hopelessness, recognizing that re you really are in a hopeless situation is the first step to getting on to the next chapter. Um, and I think um, his, his quote around, oh, he said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, it's so true. <laughs> it's, that's where burnout actually uh, is a source of burnout for both you and your employees. So um, just dealing with reality of, uh, when when situations uh, get to that hopelessness state, it's time to uh, leverage that. Right. Yeah. And I imagine once I was as I was reading the book, one of the things that kept popping up in my head is how do you how do you tell somebody who's who may be naturally optimistic? They may not necessarily be ignoring reality, yeah. but it's this whole mind of a matter type of type of thinking. Yeah. Blind optimism. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and I'm guilty of that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've my whole life I've had uh, a sense that I can make every bad situation become a good situation. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and I mean it's it's a good quality, but it's just that in the when it comes to business, it can be a, an impediment uh, as far as uh, executing the necessary end is concerned. Um. And I like this whole thing that he talks about in the book, basically what he likens to the rose bush, the rose being the standard. So a lot of times when you mentioned about the CEO or the business owner having to have the courage to execute a necessary ending. Um, and by necessary ending, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be about firing somebody or about, uh, or about even getting rid of a product. It could just be many different things, right? It could be... Yeah. Um, you know, divesting the business, it could be selling the business, it could be, you know, just getting out of the day-to-day -day running of the business. So, um, but he likens this concept of the rose to the standard. So if you have, if first you need to establish, you need to identify what the rose is that you're going to prune. And that is an equivalent to a, a standard. What standard are you setting for their business? And then that then makes it easy, which is when you're having a tough conversation with an employee, or yeah. a customer, a supplier about, hey, these are the standards that I have for such and such and such, and you're not meeting that expectation. So just, that's just the reality I want you know, both you and I to acknowledge. You could even put in the question, would you agree? And, and then say, well, this is what I'm looking for. You're not meeting that standard. 
And so you have to let me know. Basically, you toss the decision back into them to say to let you know how they plan on changing or upping their game to meet that standard, right? And if not, then you know they, they can definitely advise themselves. True. Um, as as you're mentioning that, I, I'm I thought of two other books that I I uh, I kind of blend into some of the things we do here. One is positive intelligence, and in in Doctor Shamin's Sh- uh, book, he talks about um, that there's a gift in every obstacle. And the, but there, the gift could be three different things. That could be the gift of knowledge. It could be the gift of inspiration. Or it could be the gift of power. Uh, so um, looking at uh, when, you're, when you're evaluating what needs to be pruned and you're concerned about um, what the end result would be, try to determine what, what's the gift you'll get out of doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, is it the, the gift of... Uh, inspiration to go get no more business. It's the gift of knowledge not to do things again the same way. Um, one of the advantages of, of thinking about necessary things in this light is that um, too often we repeat the same challenge, the same uh, wrong behaviors over and over. Uh, we make the same uh, investments in the kinds of people that we should have learned not to invest in before. Um, and I, I think that um, too frequently our emotions get in the pro- get in the way of really assessing what the benefit will be to ending something, and we don't recognize that by by executing that ending relationship. And you're, you're right; it doesn't necessarily mean firing someone, but it does mean ending the way you're dealing with that person. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect different results. That's um, that's a, a traditional business wisdom that Dr. McLeod does a nice job of giving some new insight to. Yeah. Now, what was the second book? Because you mentioned positive. And, uh, so the other, yeah. So the other yeah. book that I that I, I, I got from this is he talks about um, creating a sense of urgency. Yeah. Um, and I, I I I would also offer that that's. That's something that has to be instilled in the process to change. Uh, and the book, the most recent book I've seen is by Katie Milkman. And it's basically a simple title called How to Change. But she's done just a marvelous job of, of doing research in the Fortune 500 on down to mid-sized businesses and what it takes. And one of the things she talks about is to recognize when it's time for a restart versus a fresh start. And um, a, a restart is really what we're just talking about, where you look at, you say, well, I don't necessarily have to fire them. I got to restart the process of how I'm dealing with them. Or I do, maybe I do need to get to the point where it's just a fresh start. I got a fresh body in that spot or a fresh customer in that place or a fresh vendor, as you said. Um, but I, I think the, the key is creating that urgency to make that change. And um, sometimes it's just the environment that you have created, you walk into every day and it's difficult for you to make the change when you're in that same environment. Um, it's for me, it's a, 
it's summed up quite frequently with business owners where I simply say, so what kind of acquisition would you make if you wanted to grow your business by another 25 to 50%? Uh, because an acquisition changes the environment completely. Um, but it could also be, um, isn't it time to new upgrade your facility? Isn't it time to you know, just change the environment you're in to allow you to have, you know, get comfortable with doing the pruning, doing the things you need to do that have been too much of a culture and too much of a habit over the, over the last whatever number of years? It's a lot to throw at people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and it's it's, um, and that's why a lot of times they need a a trusted advisor or a trusted confidant to help them with the process. Somebody to bounce ideas off of. Uh, yeah, my first visit, this value building building client, I I had been coaching for five years prior to introducing them to the value building model, and we went through it. We're quite excited about everything and looking at how to do the drivers. Um, but we also came to the realization that in order for, for the next thing to happen, we have to get to an end with one thing. Uh, and so I, I think an advisor um, needs to be able to identify where, we, where you start to make, start making big changes. And sometimes people just need that urgency to get a good start. And then they're on down the road. But it, it's, it is... Uh, the, the end result is always impacted by what kind of a start you make on getting there. Right. And Dr. Cloud did mention this all because this, I want to hop on this uh, sense of urgency thing that you just mentioned a bit, because a lot of times when it comes to value building, because value building tends to focus on something more near to long term, like let's just say ideally five to 10 years out, because uh, with the hope that at some point, you're going to exit your business, whether it's about selling it, whether it's about scaling your business, uh, you know, whether it's yeah. about passing it down to your children or even exiting to hire like a president to run your day-to-day -day operations while you go into the boardroom. But a lot of times, you know, business owners, especially the small to medium business owners, they're so focused on the day-to-day -day agencies that they don't have the, they feel like they don't have the time, which is kind of you know, paradoxical because that's even more reason if you don't have the time to figure out what are the about the eight drivers that will help free up your time. Yeah. What are some of the reasons that owners have given you in terms of, and I know Dr. Cloud talks about playing the you know, advisors, so it should play the video forward for the business owner so that they can see, hey, three years from now, yeah. what would it look like? Um, and guess what? If you haven't done this, this was going to happen. And and a lot of times business owners tell themselves, give themselves all kinds of reasons. Um, it would basically just to kind of, you know, reduce whatever anxiety they have about executing the necessary change or necessary end. Yeah. Well, what, what, what are some of the things that you, you have done or you've seen done that's been successful in terms of, you know, creating the sense of helping the business owner or the CEO create a sense of urgency about why they need to, uh, focus less on the urgency because some of the urgent is like the Franklin Covey system. Yeah. Something may be urgent, but it may not necessarily be. Uh, yeah, if it's necessary and urgent, I mean, if it's important and urgent, yeah, you need to work on it. But you know, basically, start to devote more of your time on the important things that are not urgent. Yeah. But you need to have a sense of urgency in doing them because three or five years from now, those are the things that are going to give you the, the big multiple. Yeah. 
one, one of the best things I've ever done with my clients, and I did, just did it um, the, in the fourth quarter of last year in 2020, is I gave them all a 10-year planner. Um, and usually I've got it laying around here. Where to go? Anyway, it's just an eight and a half by 11 book that, that has all 10, the next 10 years laid out in it. Right. And then I gave them three tasks. I said, the first task is to write down on the month and the, and the day, the events in your life. So your, your, your next big birthday, whether it's 40, 50, or 60, or 70, write that date down in the 10-year in the planner. And your, your spouse, your partner's big events, your children's big events, all the things you celebrate in life, put in that, in that book the dates are going to happen. And then, and then lean back and look at it and say, okay, over the next 10 years, there's a lot going, lots going to happen. A lot of things are going to happen. Um, and then the next thing I ask them to do is go out five years and write a letter back to me to tell, tell me what happened in those five years. Where, where's your, what do your relationships look like? What does your business look like? How are you, how's your health? And just, just write a letter that says this, this is, last five years has been like this. And it's an effort an exercise to get us to start visioning for one thing right. and to recognize that over the next 10 years, things are going to change. Now there's an, another wonderful book I have been recommended for years called abundance and it, abundance is about the speed of change. Um, I just had a speaker come to my Vistage group um, and talked about what, what technology will do to your business and how fast it's changing. And we all know it's, you know, you look at what's on your wrist um, in terms of horsepower and, and uh, right. computing power and communications versus what was five years ago. And if you do a, you know, a, a doubling of that technology every, every two to three years over the next 10 years, it's, it's hard to even imagine where we'll be in 10 years. Right. So getting people to think beyond our current situation is the, the kind of, I think, the key to saying, wow, I've got a lot to get done right now. It does create a sense of urgency when you start saying, okay, if, if I'm 60 and I, I want to be out of my business in five years, I'm way behind on a lot of things I need to do. Um, so whatever we can do as advisors to get people to start looking out there, um, I think is incumbent upon us to, Give them those tools. What what other um, besides business owners and and entrepreneurs and CEOs are there any other category of people you think will benefit from reading this book? Um, <clears throat> yes, I, and I I haven't done this yet, but but I will, um, and that is my grandchildren. <laughs> okay. I've got nine grandkids from ten years old to twenty three. Um, and there's some wisdom in here around how they deal with other people and relationships when it's time to give up on them. Uh, there's some wisdom, as you said, about what's, what, where do I create and where do I should be, be focused on a sense of urgency about getting things done. Um, and I, I just think there's some really good ideas to help younger, the younger generations do that planning that makes their lives more effective and, and gives them a few less obstacles. Now, I think we all do need the obstacles. We all do need adversity. 
without adversity, we're, we just, we, we, it's difficult to build a, a foundation of great character. Yeah, we also get to know how good we are. We got to test ourselves. What's that? We don't test ourselves. Exactly right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks. I, I like to kind of wrap it up. Uh, and um, again, thanks again for your time. But uh, if, are there like any two or three things you would like to leave the, the audience with in terms of what are some of the key media things that you recommend they, they do like right away after listening yeah. to this conversation? I, I think number one is, you know, take the 10 year vision test. Go out and, and just figure out what's going to happen as best you know right now in the next 10 years. And then work backwards from that. Um, recognize that, and I think this is critical too, recognize that endings need to be done well. Um, there's some there's some really great stories about um, people that had to you know, either went into bankruptcy or had to shut down a big part of their business and how well they did it in had a great impact on all the people that they were working with. Uh, so give good thought to, um, if you have to prune, do it well, do it the right way. Um, and then I'd say last, um, to do it in a way that minimizes the chance of making the same mistake going forward. Repetitive mistakes in our lives are, are really very normal. Um, and to, to just become more in touch with reality about where we are and where we want to go. Um, those are my key things. Okay. Well, thank you so very much, Chuck. We really appreciate your time and the insights and wisdom you've shared with us. Well, thank morning. you for kind of helping me look back through this the right way and, and kind of make the blend different ideas with things I've learned over the years. So I appreciate it very much. Wonderful. Thanks, Chuck. Talk again uh -huh. soon. Bye now.